is waiting on fries. That you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, so they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> Nooms, you know what's really good? What's really good, Dre? Getting discounts from NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. Discounts they, on Wagyu and... How, how do they find this stuff, though? How do they get there? How do they get to the websites? www.NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. The promo code is FRIES15. And you're telling me... That if they put in the promo code FRIES15 on NewYorkPrimeBeef.com, that they're going to get 15% off of their order. Their and entire order. Then if they get a bunch of Wagyu and crazy meats that they could potentially use in their and own restaurants. Cakes. And crab cakes. Then they're going to get free shipping also. If the order is over $200, they'll give you free shipping. Do you hear this guy with the crab cakes again? He's all about the crab cakes. I, I love, I'm all about the crab cakes still. What's not to like about crab cakes? It's absurd. Guys, we got a crazy thing going on. Just just brought it to our attention a little bit earlier that there's been a full year. We, we've hammered it out. We started in January, and this kind of became a time capsule because restaurants went from being at the top of the world to consistently eating shit for about six months straight. It was a lot more than six months. And it, it's absolutely insane because Just was just saying that somebody left a comment saying that it's really weird when you started listening to this in October area and you started from the beginning and then you hear so much uh, expectation for a beautiful summer and time to come and restaurants were just on the up and up and then we get to the point where it's like COVID hit, everything shut down and then we have to pivot and figure out how we're going to sell things and stay alive. Yeah, we, we actually went black for like three months too, so, you know. Because remember, in March, we were at the other studio. We didn't have our own stuff. And then COVID hit. We didn't have anywhere to go. And it took us a couple months to get our stuff together. We tried that one Zoom episode. Yeah, that wasn't that great. Because <laughs> of the auto, audio quality. Yeah. It's tough. What do you want from me? Audio buff. Yeah. But it is cool that. when you go back and you can actually see, feel our excitement in the beginning of the year. And kind of go through a historical timeline of how everything happened for the year. I could see in like five years, when somebody says, Yo, remember 2020, how crazy that was? You can go back and listen. To the roller coaster and, of emotions. And get the idea of how it went. It was crazy too, as, as we started this thing too, we we're so hyped up and talking about sustainability and how we could repurpose everything through restaurants. And I think somebody even made a game out there talking about every time you say the word sustainability, <laughs> you had to take a shot. Every time that Jay said the word sustainability. <laughs> that wasn't going to result in anything very well. And then through the next episode, episode two, we actually talked to uh, Kyle and Sarah, who's a commercial restaurant real estate specialist. And later on, as time unfolded, he started working with Sabre, uh, what is it, Saber? Yep. Saber Realty. Thank you. The words I need to help. I think with. it's Saber Advisors. Oh. So, sure, sure enough, like Kyle. Saber. If you haven't heard that episode, Kyle's a beast in himself, and he's got a podcast as well called the uh, Restaurant Owners Podcast that he's branded through, and he's talking to so many people that are involved in this industry that have full knowledge. They understand the metrics. 
Uh, he goes deep into things with what he does, but he's also I been... I think the good thing about what Kyle does is even if you don't fully understand all the numbers and the metrics, he'll he's willing to work with you to make sure that you do and you maximize the work and the output of your business. Oh, correct. Uh, talk about helping local guys out. That's, yeah. uh, that's This year, that he's, he's, that. it seems like he's kind of blossomed into this little consulting service that he's got advertising on TikTok and Instagram and all over the place. Oh, full-on media is, is all over the place. And he jumped into uh, Clubhouse which I tuned into a few times as he's been talking about different scenarios and setups. Yo, did you send there. me that uh, clubhouse invite yet? Yeah. You didn't respond to it. Two weeks. Uh, oh, you but, didn't really? But sure enough, <laughs> you know, these areas that Saber real estate, you're right. These areas that he's getting into early, he's exploding. it, And it's, it's great to see guys that we've talked to do all these new crazy things. As time went on, we talked to Jorge Pabon, who was the chef de cuisine in the third episode too at Manhattan, uh, we we haven't really heard from him no, as so of recent. I've been out of touch with Jorge since uh, I want to say July wow. August, because um, we we were keeping in touch pretty well for a while because he was running that um, chef battle on Instagram, but then that kind of fell apart. So well, I'm not really sure what he's up to now. You know what I actually learned through that episode though was that the pasta station was the trenches <laughs> in the restaurant. I had no idea what happens in the kitchen. You know, being on the front side, I, I'm lost back there. And I feel like that sentiment got re. Uh, yeah, that became a theme. That became a theme over the course the of, the of the year. Yeah, any chef or cook that we had on work the pasta station, they came in and talked about how much of a beast it is. I just uh, I couldn't get over the fact that like that's the hardest point in the kitchen is just doing pasta. You talking about making the pasta and dropping it in the water and pulling it out and throwing it on a plate and that's no, the hardest well, part? No. <laughs> that's actually not the hardest part. Once Wait, did I not cooked, learn anything? You didn't. Once the pasta's cooked, then you've got to go to a saute pan so you can build your pasta dish. Rarely is a pasta dish just pasta and sauce. It's pasta sauce, you know, vegetables, meat, a whole bunch of other stuff. So you build your pasta once it's cooked. But you've only got a few minutes to build the pasta before it's all overcooked and then it goes to dead and cold. So timing is Would everything. Would you on that say station. that most pasta in a restaurant is kind of cooked al dente, as it's going to keep cooking as it's yep. sitting in the in the plate? Yeah. So if you really want it al dente, they've got to take it out even earlier. earlier. Yeah, because then it's going to continue cooking in the saute pan. And it's going to continue cooking once it gets on the plate. See, I know nothing, John Snow. Uh, from there, we actually talked to Rocco De Leo, right, of Artie Studios. Nailed and, it. And we talked. To, <laughs> that was always a struggle. <laughs> and we talked, we literally talked about why partitions are in restaurants, why the different materials are used in restaurants, why there's a meat counter in the front that's visible for you as the first thing that you see when you walk in. And we gained a, a lot from that. And I think everyone else did as well. And when you're talking about these guys that are listening here, that are putting together their own restaurants and figuring out ways to improve, I'm sure that some new partitions went up or the seating arrangements have changed, especially now with COVID yeah. happening too. 2020 was the year of the partitions and the seating arrangements. If we thought that the restaurant design was important then, <laughs> now if you're building a restaurant, yeah. you got a whole new set of things to worry about. It really is hard when you look at the floor layouts too to try to envision what it looked like prior, now that everything has to be six feet apart. And at the end of the day, is it even doing anything? Having the restaurant seats six feet apart, you're all indoors anyway, masks come off instantly. Does it do anything? Might do a little bit. I mean, I think it does something. I'm not a scientist. But you go into, you know, I don't think it, I don't know if I think it affects us so much in Westchester, Fairfield counties, because we're, we have a little more space in our restaurants up here where it's not like where you're going to see the real change is when and if the city ever does allow people to go back into hey, restaurants. They're allowing people to go back in the restaurants in 11 days. In 11 days. And we'll, if you recall, when you got to eat in, many Manhattan establishments. You are not more than 
eight inches away from the next table next to you most of the time. Depends on the establishment, but right. so we'll, generally, yeah. you know, that should be an interesting, you know, not, not only are you going to be allowed to do that, but are people going to even be comfortable being that close to. And Noom said that Manhattan might not even reopen still at the 25% capacity as a result of just uh, real estate prices as it is and what it costs to operate those places. Yeah. Well, Danny Meyer actually made a comment recently talking about the state of the restaurant industry and said that the current structure of labor, uh, real estate prices, and operation of the of the uh, industry is not sustainable, which is uh, not a great thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, especially from that guy. <laughs> I don't know if I agree, but... Is that something to be scared of, though, or is that something that creates a new business model that we just haven't thought of yet. I think long-term it'll probably create new business models and new areas for people to develop in, but short-term it probably just means a lot of people are going to be out of work for the immediate future. I mean, restaurants. I mean, what's the word of the year? Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> pivot. Uh, speaking year of, of pivot. actually pivoting too, and we talked about it on the fifth episode that we wound up doing with Chef David Dabari. Uh, and he at that point had Eugene's going, he had the parlor, he had the cookery, and these are fantastic restaurants, first off. And as the whole COVID-19 unfolded and people couldn't be in restaurants, he was in the process of building out a bus. And he's got this bus up on Salinger's Orchard now, and he's doing absolutely crazy fat boy foods out of yeah. this thing. And My man's you, making some crazy sandwiches. You want to take, talk about taking a drive that's worthwhile or even check that Instagram account out. Uh, I think it is actually the bus at Salinger's Orchard, yep. which is great. But I'm talking about cheese oozing out of things. What did he do the other day? I, I saw something that was just like super fatty and delicious. And I, I said, know. we got to take a drive over there. But, you know, we learned too out of that episode why he decided that we were going to cut pizza pies with scissors instead of just actually rolling it in separate slices. And you can eat your pie how you want. And that was all birthed out of an 80s film. Were you there? Yeah, I'm not, I just don't know the film. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the. It was an eighty. It was an eighties film scene that was just hung on him since he was a kid, and he said, "That's why we were doing this." This guy huh. just rolls into the fridge. The pizza's frozen. That's right. Yeah. He slices it up with a slice, yep. and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna present that in my restaurants that way." What movie was? It? I forget. That. I forget the movie. I never saw it. We'll I have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, and then we invited Austin Abraham on of New York Prime Beef. There you go. NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. Fries fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you put. No, but I honestly, that was probably one of the hardest shows that we did for me, not understanding meat, not understanding the kitchen. And, you know, for you, this was something that you experienced a handful and you know, these cuts of beef. For sure. That was, was the hardest show that I did of the year because it was five days after we had a fire and shut down the restaurant. It's a little Super hard to cool. focus on things. Which like at the time I thought was my biggest problem of the year. <laughs> little did you know. <laughs> little did I know. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't even close. No, because yeah, everything was still open. Everything was still going at that point. Yeah, I remember in the beginning of that episode, Joe was like, oh, you make any... Uh, Joe. Jay was like, uh, you make any money on Super Bowl? And I was like, no, nope. I did not. <laughs> and oddly enough, the bar I was working in also had a fire in the kitchen. Same exact time. I felt like it was almost orchestrated. Um, and, you know, right after that, we wound up inviting James and Dano, who, you know, were guys that worked alongside me through the years, too, uh, in Brazen Fox. And they wound up saying, we're doing this, we're opening up our own bar, which could not be any worse of a time to open up a bar is right when we we're, you know, unknowingly going right into this. 
and the stories that they told from how much money it took to put together this, you know, little bar that's here in White Plains, uh, the Blind Pig. They literally were so cash strapped at the end of the story. They they said to us that the last dollars in their bank account were spent on a slacks pair of slacks yeah. to show up to work with that night on the first shift. And I will say this now too, because you know, as we drive through town and I see what's going on, and you know, I I purposefully go in front of the restaurants to see who's busy, who's not. There's a line outside all the time of people trying to get into Blind Pig to the point where they have somebody at the door that's almost like a doorman just making sure that there's some type of control in the atmosphere there. And great for them to see how busy they are considering there's so many people that are, you know, struggling to get through this too. We talked to Coffee Labs, Mike Love, episode eight. That was a good one. Did you ever see an actual coffee bean before that episode? I think so. Not yeah. not physically, like in a picture. Yes. Yeah. Like you knew what it looked like. <laughs> like that it was just what it's almost like a passion fruit kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Justin's the not, coffee Justin berry. Nodding. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a it's a, it's a berry. I didn't know that. Like, I've never seen one my mind. physically in my hand before. But yeah, I thought I you were like saying it, that yeah. he brought us coffee beans yeah. and I missed that part. Oh no, you were there. You oh know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> coffee beans. No, but if you're you know you're on that side of things. Mike Love is—he's an excellent storyteller, and he tells us some stories through I was that. About to say, he told us some crazy stories about being down in South America sourcing coffee beans. Yeah, and not like not like Peter Pan and Hook. Like no. these were real stories that occurred. But he yeah. like he someone tells coming it. up to the side of your car with a gun. <laughs> he he tells it so beautifully, though. Uh, we talked to DJs. We talked to Ryan Vandal. We talked to McLovin with the Nutcrackers. Uh, they, we covered so many different things throughout this year. And McLovin might have been one of my favorite favorite shows to do what show was that that was 12 right and gorilla radio yeah yeah that entire show was just about sorry marketing and hitting the ground running and funny enough josh just sent me a photo the other day of how many nutcrackers he's actually purchased a freezer now at this point (laughs) i saw that (laughs) he's got a commercial he's a low boy commercial freezer and he said he had like 320 nutcrackers in this freezer just ready to go out i wonder how many he sold over the course of 2020 does he know I, I'm not disclosing anything <laughs> out there, but let's just say that he's really crushing this thing and holding it down. Hey. We got to talk to Walters, fan favorite out here, of course, right? We talked to Kat DeChico there about it, and we were talking about food trucks and how they get out there, and they were using Gold Belly to get their hot dogs across the U.S. all over the place. They, they still are. We've actually sent, sent, we've used Gold Belly since for Christmas presents, sent Walters to a bunch of the family nice. all over the place. Is this was as a result of talking? Yeah. On that uh, yeah, yeah. that episode. I mean, I probably would have found out anyway because they've, you know, they. I actually was just listening to that episode on the way over here, <laughs> and uh, because it brings me back to my summer vacation because we recorded mm. that right before I went on vacation. Yep. So it. Uh, That's before you went on vacation with a bunch of beef from New York Prime Beef. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. took a bunch of beef from New York Prime Beef dot com promo code fries fifteen. <laughs> then oddly enough, the week after, I had no idea that they were married, but we talked to Joe DeChico. You had no idea? Of DeChico's. I, I didn't know, but I suspected something when I saw the name. I had to do some <laughs> research and digging. I, like it, I, it was unbeknownst to me. It was kind of like an odd fairy tale where it was like, all right, the queen of Walters marries into the king of DeChico's. Supermarkets. Yeah. You know, and we learned a lot from that episode too. You Talking about shelf space and where things go in particular order. I, talking Jackson, about being a pillar of support in the community when it's like needed. 
Correct. And Just, you, you've got some shelf space somewhere. Yeah, we just delivered our tailgate, Rob, to all nine DeChicos and Sons stores. Wow. See, and, and uh, seriously. And that's about them stepping up and just saying, like, hey, we're going to help all the local guys and yeah. keep the place local. And that's what they're about. That's what we're about. Yeah. Pick that rib rub up. We actually used it quite a bit through cooking. Pick that rub up. And that's going to be the slogan. Pick that um, rub up. That you just hit that? And I was like, I like it. Pick that rub Kate up. actually said that the rub was phenomenal. It yeah, is. It, and it's she, a really good season. She loved it. To me, I just was survival eating. It was enjoyable. <laughs> I just kept forking the face. Um, you know, through the trends of everything that we've seen, you know, we... We talked so much about COVID as it was going on, and then we said, we got to steer away and get away from this. We're sick of t- beating the dead horse, right? And everyone right now, just you've said it multiple times that you're having the best year you've had in certain days, or not, I shouldn't say year. What was it, day? You said, I had the best day ever. Yeah, well, that was quarter three. <laughs> Coming out of, or going into winter, right? That was, that was August, September. Yeah. Yeah, that quarter right there. We had, or you had a good August and September comparative to previous August. Yeah, and so I mean, we've come back to earth hard. So, <laughs> but who was to suspect? And if you though, listen to the timeline, you can tell where we were down and where we were up. Who was to suspect it. though that out of all of this, that you would actually put up some numbers that were better than things you've seen? Yeah, previously. that was the surprise. It was a surprise. So to go sure. look in and say after the qu- second quarter we had in 2020, they hit the third quarter and beat. You know, the 2019 quarter three by 10% was like, whoa, what's going on here? But part of that was, you know, the villages stepping up and giving us more real estate outside and people, people more wanting to be outside, wanting yeah. to get out of their house and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. We grew 10% quarter three to quarter three, but we, you know, uh, dropped about 40% quarter two to quarter two. So it doesn't make up for the whole year, yeah. but it was nice to get some. To feel good back, about yourself a little back bit. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we didn't touch on, too, because uh, Nikki Scoops just won another competition on Food Network again, and Dude. we got to talk to him, and Nikki runs Bono Bono over there. It's And as we finished the podcast, he said, I've got something good coming up for you guys, too, for next time we talk. <laughs> and we said, well, Nick, what is it? And he goes, I can't really say it, but let's just say I'm in another Food Network competition. And he actually wound up winning the competition. Yep. So we do it all on a food network. Do it We are. We need to schedule him back because um, John's up for another one of those ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Just any time. Nick, you want to come talk to us? Because we need another ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Uh, the ice cream. By the way, he gave us some those uh, pints of ice cream that he brought. Those are good. And I took the pistachio one, and I've, I don't want to say I've never had pistachio, but I've definitely never been a fan of pistachio. But that one was slamming. I don't remember having his pistachio. It's before. my. New I had favorite. his mint chip and it was really yeah. good. No, my new favorite ice cream is his pistachio ice cream. Yeah, I actually got yelled at for eating both the pints without Kate having. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to spoonful. make that mistake. <laughs> Definitely not hard to do that. Um, then even throughout the year, we got to talk to Taco Daddy and we talked to John and Morgan, and understanding you know how to just build a trend for the youth and that entire business is built out on areas where people could take photos and it's very pleasant to look at and if you just look up uh what is it the location tag on taco daddy yeah all you see is people in the bathroom (laughs) just taking photos all over the place it's a nice looking bathroom and honestly that's something to note because people haven't been building out restaurants for instagram photos like that and when you're able to actually put something together where it's doing the marketing for you you're not really having to spend anything on marketing it's like 
just I hope we're building that out in version two. We're working on it. We're working <laughs> on it. I mean, and they're, if you follow their social stuff, I mean, they're, they're on point. With they it. got some like a real attitude, which is fun. You know, if you did your bathrooms in Smokehouse just where there was like a kind of like a one way window through it so people could people see. People could watch you go to the bathroom. No, the other way. The other <laughs> You could the watch window the, the other way. Room while you going to the bathroom? Where it was like the smoker on the other side and people could just see meat getting smoked as they're in the bathroom. That would actually be talkable. <laughs> as stupid as it sounds. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah figure it, it out. Be. <laughs> uh, and then right after that, right? Right after we talked to Taco Daddy, we got to talk to Christian Petroni and we locked him down. To talk about Gabagool, we got to talk about, you know, lessons as a child of well, we what it was like. Well, we talked to JJ first. There's no particular order. Oh, all right. But yeah, we did talk to JJ also yeah. about Lila Rose. And, and he brought us some very nice hard We had the 14 run there for a minute. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> um, and then we got to well, talk. We booked the guests and they come in <laughs> and we talked to them and they all tended to go through the same and then we just talked to Jess, right? We just talked to Jess about what it's like being out there on the forefront as a rep and getting your stuff into various areas and bubbles. The 30 minutes that we spent with Christian talking about the, my, my ducks and his chickens. That was, that was quality content right there. <laughs> quality. So listen, here's the thing, right? This is officially just wrapping up this season. I hate using the word season when it comes to podcasts. It's dumb. Oh, by the way, Jess and I just, uh, yesterday we had a, a quick call and we officially are going to launch the uh, champagne and chicken. Champagne and fried chicken yeah. uh, at Smokehouse. So we're going to do, I better talk to Mike before he hears this podcast because <laughs> I haven't told him yet what we're working on. I should say officially agreed on the concept. We haven't officially rolled it out yet, but we're right. trying to do a champagne and fried chicken brunch on Valentine's Day uh, and roll it out it. on that. They got the little aluminum champagne bottles. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about doing, um, you know, those four carry, uh, the carriers like mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. We were gonna do like brunch to go and get fried chicken, and you get two little champagne bottles and then like little orange juice, little butter orange juice or something, so you can make your own. I like it. Mosas at home. Sign me up. I'm in. Right. That's new for us. Yeah. Champagne and stuff. Fancy. I'm in on that. I'll come to the video work for that. It's a to go brunch though, right? Jay's going to come to your house if you order it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to film you eating. Film, me. film you eating at your kitchen table. <laughs> Nothing better than that. Um, but this ends it. This is the end of this quote-unquote season, and we're going to change the format of the show a little bit, right? Just a little bit. We're going to tweak it just tell, a bit. Tell me about it. Tell me about the tweak a little. Okay, one, we're gonna, you're going to get more content. We're going to add... More better content. More, more better, better content, 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 content. So we're going to add a show every week, which means we're going to work harder. Man. Kind of. So much work, bro. Jay's going to work harder. For so you. we're going to have... <laughs> so much more editing. <laughs> we're going to have uh, the you know Waiting on Fry show, which will be the three of us bantering and BSing about everything we want to banter and BS about. Well, then, uh, pretending to bars and restaurants. Yeah, well, yeah. Most of the time. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah. I meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, staying on topic. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. We're good at that. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little Mandalorian talk. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> and then <laughs> after that, to sneak that in for a while. we'll wind up flipping the format into the actual interview side of things where we talk to all the restaurants that you love and the guys that are involved in that and the reps and the purveyors and what else? Barmen and. Distributors, distributors, yeah, everything that encompasses this entire sector. Maybe some Um, Instagram influencers, and that'll be labeled as on the record. 
So that way you can get your news through a short form show and then you can get your long form interviews in which you pull those gems out that you wind up applying to your own spaces, right? That's the plan. That's the plan. It's a pretty solid it. plan. Uh, also, can I do a shameless plug? Absolutely. We actually put together a Valentine's box for the Cocktail Garnish Co. Oh, shit. And, uh, these, I saw that. I was wondering what you were going to do with those roses. <laughs> these boxes, These boxes. there's two tiers on them. And what we're doing is we're dispensing all of our garnish. That's the lime, the lemon, the orange. I forgot what the last one was. The orange. No more grapefruits? We didn't launch grapefruits yet. Okay. But Passion fruit? We've got dehydrated roses going into these. Like and they're it. sprayed firm so they don't fall apart. Very nice. Okay. Within that, we also partnered with a local candle company called Untamed Flames. They're getting off the ground. And we're, they have a massage oil candle that they've actually mixed with rosemary and our dehydrated citrus to it. So that's awesome. Massage oil candle? Yeah. So as it's dripping, you can actually use it as massage oil. Beautiful. <laughs> Talk that sexy shit. <laughs> and then to okay. make it even better, we got Rosetti to go into his recipe vault. And we're putting guys, some cards together <laughs> with some cocktail recipes in there. Uh, but that's cocktailgarnish.co right there, and you'll find those over there. There's only 20, so it's super limited. You know, we're doing a one-off. Um, and then we're going to be back, what, the following week, and we've got some good things. We might be talking bagels. We might bagels. be talking Mexican stuff, right? We're going to be all over the place. We're going to cover all the angles. Let's do it, guys. I'm in. Guys, don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms.